man, 23 years. I've been, uh, I've been wrong about that title. <laughs> this is a high level music journalism here, folks. The marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. <laughs> Marrow, 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 marinade, 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 Gay, straight, crooked level, I don't care Popular, underrated, open-minded, insulated Ship of fools are educated Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl A free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people This is episode 115 And our guests are Bobby Houck and Hank Futch of the band the blue dogs blue dogs has been around since the late 1980s y'all my introduction to the band came with 1999's letters from round o letters from round o brought the band to a broader dedicated audience the guys slowed down a little in the 2000s but they kept making music and playing shows and just limited touring and studio work for a while until this year's sadler vaden produced record called big dreamers y'all i have been a fan of Blue Dogs for 20 plus years, and Big Dreamers is my favorite thing they've done. Hank and Bobby are the kind of guests I envisioned when we started the marinade, and this conversation displays why that is the case. I'm so excited to bring you my conversation with Bobby Houck and Hank Futch of Blue Dogs. Okay, let's see if that's better. Y'all still got me? Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Okay, cool. Is that, can you hear that? My neighbor's doing yard work. Can you hear that? Is that distracting? I can't hear it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right, good. I can't hear that. Okay, good. Okay, cool. Once again, thanks, guys. I've been a fan for a long time. You know, I just have like I have such like specific memories tied to your music. Like I, I was just like I was listening to um, Letters from Round Zero again, and it just takes me to like a specific place, like a specific girl, specific moments that are tied to it. And uh, my I was just thinking back to like my uh, bicycle, which is I mean I have a car, but my main uh, form of transportation is biking. Um, my bicycle's named Isabel after the song. Uh, uh-uh. song. so this hey, is like so, it's quite the thrill so just wanted you to know you did blip out again somehow in there but but i but we got the gist of what you're saying okay and, um just just for you and maybe the listeners too and and i hope this does, not to embarrass you or anything but the actual the record is actually called letters from round O. Oh, i've called it letters from round zero forever well, that's okay and you know what i think a lot of people do that and so you're not alone. So it's not a big deal. But there is a town in South Carolina called Roundo, South Carolina. Okay. And, and I think we were driving by there, but I think that um, people tend to say Round Zero when they don't know. But yeah. we we did the research on that. And we found out that Roundo was an Indian trader. So apparently the uh, 17 alternate, which comes from Walterboro down through. Uh, kind of parallel to 17. It kind of goes through the swamp, swampy, uh, you know, back roads area. And uh, Roundo was an Indian trader. And they called him that because he had a, 
he had a tattoo. He had a big O on his chest. Was it on his chest? He had a, a big O on his chest. Yeah, he had a whatever O tattoos on his chest. So and they didn't know about they didn't know about redundancies, so they called him Roundo. <laughs> <laughs> Man, 23 years I've been uh, I've been wrong about that title. <laughs> this is a high level music journalism here, folks. Uh, <laughs> you were, you're doing you... some great journal. You're doing some great things, man. I was just looking at your website and everything you've done and got going on, man. Um, oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, no this, is, yeah. this is another one of those big ones. And, and man, the new record thank is you. just also wonderful, y'all. I mean, just absolutely outstanding. Um, I'm, I, I want to dive into it. I want to talk about it. I, I also just kind of want to like, um, you know, pick your brains about the decision to make this record. Um, you know, you've been, you've, you've been out of the game a little while and, and to come back and make this record, um, how that came about and, you know, how, how you guys made the decision that like, let's go, let's go for it again. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a, a, a it, definitely we haven't put out a studio album in, in quite some time, but we've been still very much busy and still playing a good many shows. So um, uh, it was just time, you know, it was time to, um, you know, to, to make Over good time. on a promise that we made 15 years ago. And we're going to mm -hmm. put on a new record, <laughs> basically. I uh, mean, it's, it's uh, yeah. Cause it was, it was really getting, it was really getting kind of psychically uh, heavy it was becoming a heavy burden, you know, because we literally had been going. I mean, I think we put our last live record out in 2006. 2008, I got married, had a child in 2009, had one in 2011. So I think starting around 2008, we started saying it shows like, I know it's been a couple of years, but, you know, we're going to get one done soon. And that turned into what it turned into. And, um, so it was really COVID, tr truthfully. I mean, I think COVID really gave us the, the break we needed from the, because we were, again, contrary to some stories going around, we didn't stop playing at all. Mm -hmm. we, we were, we've been steady busy at least two or three weekends a month for our entire career almost. I mean, whether we were full-time or not. And so to, to break off of that, um, that sort of treadmill of, going on these weekend trips and everything, all of a sudden we found ourselves with a little extra time on our hands. And then, and then a few things that needed to fall together, which the number one being Sadler Vaden, who, you know, always said that we had to include him. Um, he was available. So that was really the key that moved everything in motion and got us off our asses. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Sadler for sure. Sadler's been a guest on the show. Um, gosh, it's been four years or something now since I got a chance to sit down with him. Yeah. Um, but just a just a great, great dude. And I'm I'm interested in what that creative process looked like. But you just brought up something that I'm really curious about, which is how in that period of time where you know, between the, the last studio album and then getting married, kids, family life how do you you're still playing shows how are you balancing that the that the the pull of the family life and the day job kind of situation with the band and the creative process i guess that's for for both of you really I, yeah yeah thanks, yeah. thanks, it, thanks it starts, probably done a better job it starts starts with a very loving and supportive family mm -hmm. and i'm not just saying you know, our wife and kids, but our parents were very supportive and, you know, always told us, you know, keep your head up, keep, keep, keep yeah. on keeping on, you know, keep, yeah. uh, you know, so it's just been, you know, and, and granted, uh, you know, we, we spend uh, a good minute, a good amount of time with them, you know, still, I think, think there's some weekends, I think our wives, Say, oh, no, you go on. No, that's good. <laughs> fine. Everything's fine here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I show up at the house, it's sort of like, you know, or, or I don't go somewhere and my wife will come down and show. I have this look on her face like, what are you, do what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, I just, I just thought I would spend some work out of the house some today. <laughs> no. no. 
go. Oh man, I can relate. I once COVID hit, I uh, I'm a middle school teacher, and I started looking for remote teaching jobs, and found one, and it's been oh, wow, it's, yeah, it's been amazing. But um, but my partner sometimes will be like, "Is there any way you can like grade from the coffee shop today <laughs> or something?" Because I never <laughs> leave yeah, yeah. the damn house, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell you, man. So yeah, that that is very true. I will I echo that, that. You know, very understanding and supportive uh, wives and even kids now. Now my kids are, you know, old enough to know that I'm gone and. You know, they're, they handle it fine. And uh, so, yeah, I think that was, that's a big, that was a big part of doing it, you know, and, you know, obviously we made a little bit of money, um, especially during those times when, when it was, you know, when the economy crashed a little bit and we were able to go out and actually play, you know, and, and still make money, even though, you know, so, so it was, there were, t- there were times when I'm sure that they were happy that it's been, that it was around, you know. Yeah, the blue dogs were in existence, and um, of course they they love it. They're music fans, or they like to have fun, and you know, uh, sometimes sometimes having a show that my wife can attend every once in a while is good for the relationship. Yeah, it reminds, it reminds her that she does sort of like me sometimes. <laughs> a band that makes money, Bobby? Are you sure? <laughs> is this is this true? I mean, I mean, maybe I I don't always think about the net. I think about the gross. Right, right. I shouldn't be thinking about the net. <laughs> what am I well, taking home in my pocket? <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into the record. Um, you mentioned Sadler earlier. Uh, what was the, the decision to have Sadler produce, and um, and it, what was that process like? Um, and then also, what was what was it like working with him in this capacity? Well, he, the, the, as I said, we, there were a couple of conversations. I specifically remember one uh, conversation when I uh, pulled into work one early morning and, uh, hold on, uh, anyway, pulled into work one early morning. I remember sitting, you know, where I was uh, out in the parking lot and uh, just talking to him about, man, we need to make a record. And, you know, we just been so damn long and, I think I might have been calling trying to get him to play for something, but he was, of course, with Jason at that point. And, um, but we, but I remember him saying, Look, I'm starting to produce and I know what I'm doing now. And if you guys ever think about doing a record and you don't call me first, I'm going to be pissed. And I mean, this is before, this was about three or four years ago. So okay. it was before he did the stuff with Morgan Wade. I mean, before, but he was starting to work in a, he was starting to learn it. And um, I think he'd gotten to know Paul Eversold, who was a, you know, engineer and producer in his own right. And, and I think they had an opportunity to work together on something and it kind of created, you know, Paul's a little closer to our age. And I think Paul and Sadler developed somewhat of a big brother, little brother, almost father-son relationship we, you know we feel a little bit father-son slash big brother little brother with Sadler too right because you know, we got to know him when he was 16 17 and you know his parents had both passed away by the time he was 21 so you know our moms went to his mom's funeral you know um stuff like that so there was always that familial kind of relationship with us and I think he developed that with Paul and then you know Paul Paul could basically, I think that the nature of their producing relationship is that Sadler, Paul's so good at the computer and doing everything and the mixing and all that, that Sadler's free to like actually conceive of the arrangement and get into that part of it and not have so much, not to worry so much about the, you know, the nuts and the bolts of the computer. And that's exactly what he did with us. And it was beautiful because at one time he was our guitar player. And so really for the, for the basic tracking, it was Hank on the bass, Greg Walker, our drummer, longtime drummer, and me in the booth with the acoustic and Sadler sitting at the desk inside the room with Paul, but he's got a guitar in his, in his hand. So that was really cool and that we were able to track and he's playing along 
and he's also writing things and coming up with ideas. And he, and when we would finish the track, he would go in and overdub right away, you know, some ideas and Paul would just do it, you know? So it, it was just incredibly easy from that standpoint. I'll That's, let Hank. Yeah. No, man. I, I mean, he, he, yeah, I mean, he, he made, definitely made it, made it an easy process, but I, I think at the beginning of the process, we, you know, he was excellent in really picking the songs that we were going to record, you know, he's going like, this is, this one, this one sounds blue dogs. This one, maybe not as much, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, so we were able to kind of drill down on roughly 15 years of, of material, you know, and songs that we had, some of them, you know, I would say a lot of them we had written fairly recently. Some of them we had written years ago, you know, mm -hmm. and finally just kind of, you know, made it to the album. But um, he just, he, having, having known the band, having played with the band, he obviously just really, uh, yeah. uh, you know, knew what that essence of the Blue Dogs is and kind of how to, how to, you know, communicate that uh, on the record. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of big brother, little brother sort of relationship, was that at all an obstacle in any way? No, no, mm -mm. no, it's, it's a little, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of love. There's a lot of love going on. And um, it was really just, you know, and in fact, just, just perfect timing. It, it, it wasn't planned, but my wife had a, had a reason to be out of town for that week. Like she, works for a family company up in the upstate. And she, she was like, you know what? I need to be up in Rock Hill anyway. And I'm going to take the girls and they're going to play with their cousins. And it's perfect timing. So literally we were able to, um, I had the house to myself. So Paul and Sadler stayed at my house and every morning Sadler would, Sadler would kind of come into my room, you know, and be like, Bobby, <laughs> time to get up, time to get up, you know, it was just kind of, it was just kind of like from the gate, from the time the day began to the time that we went to bed or whatever, we were laughing, you know, and, and having fun. And that, that's the way, that's kind of the way it always feels around Sadler. And I mean, I just feel very lucky. We feel lucky that we have that with him, you know, in general, but especially given what he's done and his career and how his, how his career is going. It's, it's nice to have that relationship with somebody like that, you know? You know, he, I mean, he's in one of the biggest bands in America and, and he's doing all these amazing, all this amazing production work. But when I, and he's made a couple of great solo records uh, himself, when I sat down with Sadler, that what, what you just described was my experience. It was like, there's this, like this incredibly smart guy, incredibly um, accomplished uh, guitar player and writer. Yeah. And he just comes across as just like really fun. He's just like yeah. a fun guy to be around. Yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine those sessions had to be a blast. Yeah. And it had yeah. to feel good to get back in the studio too. Like that's got to be another thing for y'all. That had to have been just that the very feeling of getting yeah. back in there, I would imagine. Yeah. 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 I know, I know Greg, I know Greg, our drummer, felt like his part was over like so fast. You know, the first thing you really do is try to get the drums and the bass down. And when we were done, it was only like three days. And, wow. and Paul, and I remember Paul saying, all right, gee, you're done. And he was like, the rest of that day, he was like, kind of sad. I mean, he was like, I don't want to be finished. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, we, we need to, you know, I'm going to put it out right now on the marinade with Jason Earl. <laughs> we need to not let a year go by without getting in the studio again, ever again, because because the longer you wait, it's as we've experienced, the longer you wait, the longer it'll be. And, and I just feel like whether we know we're making a new record or not, I think we need to make it more of a habit to get in that environment because, uh, you know, that's what it's all about, really. What it's all about. We stayed away from the thing that it's all about. It's real. I mean, it's about playing live, but it's really about those songs. Mm. Uh, I hope we do more of it too. Oh, that's awesome. Marinade exclusive, everybody. Hold the hold blue dogs to uh get in the studio um once a once a year. You're talking about songs, and this one's just this record's full of just uh, wonderful songs. And uh top to bottom, there's just not there's not wasted time or effort. It's just a great, great record, y'all. And thank you. 
you know, I, I told you how much I've appreciated your body of work, but this one is my favorite now. Um, even with all those memories that are tied to the old stuff, um, this one's my favorite. I think it's the I, best thing y'all done. Too. I think you're right. God, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. And, and then, then there are some songs. I mean, I, I, I just, I put this one up on my, on, on the marinades Instagram yesterday. Love is love is love. It's just like this, a timely song. Um, but also timeless. Um, in some ways that's unfortunate. I think that is, yeah. that is you know, um, but yeah. it's just, yeah. I think you have captured, you've captured it with that. And, and I think a lot of folks, you know, we're all trying to say what we want to say about, about equality and about people, um, people having rights and protecting those rights. And sometimes it's just, it seems so obvious that it's hard to articulate and y'all articulated it perfectly in that song. Well, we have to give credit where credit's due there. That's yeah. Philip Lamons. Okay. An old blue dog. You know who Philip is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you know blue dogs, it, you know, he co-wrote Isabel and a lot, lot of our songs. And yeah, we're still very close with Philip and um, we would never think about doing an album without, without talking to him because we and we got together and wrote some songs and we wrote a couple out of the, we wrote a couple out of nowhere. We finished a couple that were old songs and then we, um, you know, we've been playing enough with him over the, you know, we'll always stay in touch and he's in Nashville, you know, writing for Curb Publishing. Mm. So he had a, he had a couple songs that we'd heard that, that we were like, Hey, can we, you know, what about that song? What about that song? And love is love is love is one of those songs. So, so, um, and he wrote it with Hannah Dasher. You know who Hannah Dasher is? I don't. She is a, can I say shit kicker? You can say whatever the fuck you want. She, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, she's badass. She's got, apparently she has a cooking podcast. that's like got a million followers, but she's a, she is a, I mean, you just have to look at it, go to her Instagram, Hannah Dasher. Okay. She's incredible. And, um, uh, she's just like a, she's like a force of nature. Um, and I'm going to try to look up the other songwriter whose name is escaping me right now. But anyway, they, uh, what is her name? Right, one second. Um. Hmm. Oh, I'll find it in a second. Okay. Yeah, all good. But Hank, what are your what are your thoughts, <laughs> Hank? <laughs> um. Uh, I mean, you know, I agree. I think it's I think it's the song that just you know, and I think that's what Philip does best is uh, he writes songs. Um, and phrases his lyrics so they're like everyday phrases but they become kind of i don't know he, he's able to to put them in place and write um kind of like you know kind of conversationally you know mm. um mm -hmm. uh, and uh i mean he's you know love love is love is love is is only you know one of those you know yeah one of a bunch of songs yeah, um, right. that um, that he's he, he's probably you know I was just thinking like where Sadler was was really instrumental and great uh, in kind of picking the songs that uh, kind of are the essence of the Blue Dogs. Philip Philip is great in writing the essence of the Blue Dogs. Mm. You know, he mm -hmm. just he, he knows us. He knows knows what sounds real. You know what 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 we're all about. So um, you know when we heard mm -hmm. that song. You know, it was like, oh gosh, if you're not going to record it, then or you haven't recorded it, then we are, which mm -hmm. we did, and then he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Awesome. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, no, it's it's a uh, it's it's a good one. It's definitely one that um, you know, it's just just shoot, love is love. You know, be kind. You know, I mean, how hard is how hard is that? We've become how hard so polarized. Is it? <laughs> We've become so polarized, I think, just with everything. Mm -hmm. you know, 
politics and our beliefs and you believe this and I don't believe that. So I don't know, whatever, you know, we can still love, we can still appreciate and respect each other yeah, and love each other without necessarily agreeing on everything, you know? Right. Yeah. Anyway, good, good choice of songs to put on your, on, on your site. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. And, and I'm, I'm interested in the process more, uh, generally of, 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 of writing with you guys. So is it, it, it's, it seems to be an incredibly collaborative process. Folks that are, ha, have been in the band, you know, uh, folks that haven't, uh, it seems like it, it, there's a very, it's a, it's a collaborative kind of, um, communal sort of process. Is that, is that accurate? And what does that look like in practice? Yeah. You, I think you hit it on the nose. We, we, uh, this, this record, I think was probably more of a, I mean, we, we've written a lot of our songs, you know, together and written, you know, but I think this was one where, uh, there was a little bit of everything. We, you know, obviously we always pull some of Philip's songs, you know, we wrote some with Philip, Bobby wrote some with, um, you know, Finnegan Bell and wrote one with Sadler, you know, Rad, you know. Radley Foster again. We went back yeah. to that. Well, yep. So, um, you know, this one, I think this record was just, we were really able to capitalize on, on, um, you know, all the material that we had, but uh, then had the right team obviously in place to kind of um, filter through. But the best, the best, uh, the the biggest secret to our songwriting is sheer terror at a a deadline. Ah. We don't have a deadline or have like a, you know, so that was why I say that having Sadler on board and then even more specifically having Sadler say, okay, here's my schedule and I've got a window right here Mm. of about a week. And that was like, you know, and so now it's like, okay, now it's on. And I believe that he came up with that, with that deadline, maybe in like, so that was, the time the time frame was going to be like end of June into July first, July fourth. So he might have come up with that in maybe April, mm. or maybe early April. So we had that meant we had April, May, and June. So we had three months. <laughs> so you could really start the clock right there and go, okay, what's the Blue Dogs writing? <laughs> you know, how did the Blue Dogs write? Okay, well they write when they're in a hurry. <laughs> and um you know but you know i was an english major it's like all of my papers were last minute you know late or coming coming out coming in the next morning hot you know about you know and that i feel like that's kind of the way we've done it uh somewhat uh, um I, again i hope we i hope we make it more of a normal process going. Yeah, forward. I was gonna say you have a yearly deadline now. You've given yourself a yearly deadline. Yeah, we need we need to just we need to be scheduling time and just saying, okay, we're going in. You gotta have something. That's really but interesting. It was, but yeah, it was fun how we how we did take pieces and went to the others to say, let's finish these. You know, let's let's work on these and figure it out. And really, me me and Hank did you know more than we've done in the past. We we got together and worked it all out. That's great. I, I think it's so interesting. You know, I've, we're on episode 113 now or whatever of the show. And so I've talked to a lot of songwriters who I respect a great deal. And I, I'm just like kind of guessing here, but I'm guessing roughly 50 50. Either they need a deadline or they need the space, you know. Um, now, within that, there's a lot of there's a lot yeah. of room, like some people get up and do the work every day. Um, you know, and they write a bunch of bad stuff and a bunch of good stuff, and then they figure it all out. Um, and then some folks have to have that deadline. Some folks don't. What do you think it is that causes that, that, that need for a deadline? Like, what is it? Is there something in your personalities? Is there something in your makeup? <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, I mean, we, no, we, I mean we a, lot of it, a lot of it really is just, busy i mean we're we're you know we, we got to make it a priority you know right um yeah, yeah. that's i mean that's it's like anything else i mean finnegan bell you know they they write every thursday night they decided a bunch of years ago that, that we're going to do that every thursday we got to tell our wives and our families and 
that Thursday night, unless we get a crazy good gig or whatever, we're mm. going to write on Thursday nights, wherever we are. And they do that still to this day. So, you know, we need to do that. We, as the blue dogs need to do that. And we need to, I think we, we lost our way from that a little bit because just life's always going to get in the way. You know, you're always going to have stuff to do. So Hank, Hank's 100% correct. We, we have to prioritize it. Some, some point, you know, you got to say, we got to rehearse, you know, we need to take these few days and go do something. And, somebody's always going to have something else that they could be doing. So hopefully we can just continue to do that and have, again, understanding family. And maybe we schedule it far enough in advance that they know it's coming and they schedule around it. Right. So, kind yeah. of feel like it's time for us to do that right now. I feel like as we're talking about it, I'm realizing that's kind of, we need to be thinking about doing that right now. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's been a year, right? So in a year. Yeah, man, that's great. I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I'm more, more, blue, almost exactly a year. Yeah. Yeah. More blue dogs is better. Um, so I'm, I'm all on board with that. Um, the, you mentioned, um, the song that's how I knew, uh, with Radney Foster. Can you talk about, that's what another one of my standouts that I wanted to ask you about from the record. Can you talk about yeah. that song? Yeah. So so I, I was able to write a couple of songs with Ratney um, for the Halos and Goodbyes record. And we recorded that record in summer of 2000. I think Ratney and I wrote those songs in like 2002. Oh, wow. If that sounds right, I think that's right. Because I'd come back from New York. So anyway, uh, I didn't write. I, I wanted to write with him again, you know. We talked about it. He was very pleased with one of the songs, Half of My Mistakes, that got cut by Gary Allen. And, and we, we liked What's Wrong With Love songs. No one ever cut that but us. But, you know, it was a good experience. Radney liked it. We liked it. And so I figured, wow, we'll, we'll, we'll do that again in a couple of years. I mean, he, I, mean I remember him leaving us, you know, parting from that couple of days of writing and him saying, Let's do this again soon. Well, it wasn't until 10 years later. <laughs> mm. I tried on and off from 2002 to 2012. And it was right around then, 2011 or 12, that um, I was able to get another writing appointment with him and hauled my butt to Nashville and, and had a couple of days. But, um, you know, at that point, I'd gotten married and my wife, because of the slowdown of the band and the writer's block and the, you know, just not just being too busy to write songs. Um, my wife had never heard any me play anything that I'd written while I knew her. Wow. Right? So she was, she was making comment all the time that I, yeah, I like that song, but I know who it's about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, or you told me about, you know, I have to hear all these songs that you wrote about other women. And, uh, so that was what I went into Radney's house with, uh, with that in mind. And, and it was happened to be the day that he, he always writes, speaking of scheduling, he always writes with um, Jay Clementi. Okay. Um, yeah. He, he's, you know, become, he's a great guy. Number one. And number two, he's, written a lot for Luke Bryan and I mean, he's become a very successful songwriter, but mm. this was their particular day to write together. They write every week. So Jay was in the room. So, um, and it was kind of like, okay, what you want to write about you, which is it's typically how it starts in it. And I said, y'all, I'm in trouble. You know, like I'm in trouble. I've got to write a song for my wife. Um, and so Jay Clemente, I remember, went in just like a psychiatrist or something. He just went right to work. He was like, hey, man, how'd you meet your wife? What'd y'all, what'd y'all mean? Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Well, you know, tell me about it. What was that? What were you, yeah. What were you thinking about? I mean, he was just started asking me 20 questions about, you know, what were, you, what were your first impressions of her? And did you always know you were going to marry her? And um and I think one of the questions was, how'd you know, you know, how'd you know she was the one? 
And I, and I remember kind of going, well, you know, it's funny. I kind of have that. I know, I kind of know exactly. Cause I really wasn't sure. I told him, you know, I don't mind if my wife sees this cause she knows I like, I wasn't sure, you know, I mean, at that point I was already, I'd already gotten to age 40. I mean, I'm 40. I've never been married. So then I'd been through a number of relationships. So I didn't really, really know, but I, when I did know it was because of a couple of different things, but it was, you know, one was that she was just extremely laid back and, and uh, very flexible and easy to be around and didn't want to make any waves about anything. And as Hank will tell you, I'm, I did, people would not describe me that way, <laughs> unfortunately. So we were a good, we were a good yin, yin yang uh, combo. But then also I remember being with my parents some, at some point and, and watching her from across the room with my parents and thinking to myself, you know, this might work out pretty well. Uh, you know, she's, she seems to get along with my mom well. And my dad, I know my dad likes her. And uh, I just remember having that thought. So anyway, th these are the kind of things we were talking about. And that's, where, and that's, so that's how that song kind of got born. And that's how I knew that, that, that that's what it was. I, I wasn't sure. And I was kind of a jackass with my head up my butt, you know, and, and, but finally I, it clicked, you know? And so, um, and I'll say another thing about the song real quick, Sadler, we played it live some, cause I'd written that in 2011. So you got that song's been around now seven or eight years. And uh, some people really liked it, um, but, but it didn't make a big splash like, Hey, that new song. I mean, I'd hear it from occasionally. I'd hear it from somebody that really liked it. But it was almost as if we didn't really have the arrangement figured out. And Sadler came up with that arrangement. And uh, cool. And it really, and it really, it was like I couldn't, you know, only he could hear that. And he he knew exactly, he's like, I know exactly what I want to do with it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it just, he sped it up a little bit. It had a little bit more of a drive to it. Yeah. That drive and what you hear with the Windshield guitar. Windshield wipers. Windshield wipers. Windshield wipers on the guitar. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, wow. well, well, well and instrumental instrumentation wise too, the Mellotron kind of gives it, kind of brings uh. it, you know, kind of gave it a little timeless quality that, uh, um, that that's Mellotron, that little MIDI keyboard thing, you know. Yeah. Is our meeting time about to end? It is. Um, if you can hang on for a if we can restart it and if y'all got a few more minutes, that would be awesome. Um, the marinade is a I DI. A, I got to pick up my daughter at four o'clock, which she's only about three minutes from where I am. So. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. The marinade is a DIY operation, so we don't pay for Zoom. So um, <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, just a few more minutes, Sounds though. I, I, I'm so interested in like in that how Jay was kind of coaxing the song out of you. I think that's such oh, yeah. a great creative lesson. The oh, idea yeah. of like, he was, he was like, I'm going to get to know this character, right? I'm going to get to know these characters. And he was pulling it out of you with those, with those questions by listening so much of, of our creative creative process has to be listening. Right. And it's like, he was really listening to you. It's such a beautiful moment. I'm so grateful you shared that. I was so lucky. I just feel lucky to be in a room with guys like that. Yeah, man. Um, so I have a kind of fun story for you, Bobby, and it is, uh, we've been doing this thing for, oh, it's going to kick us out here in a minute. Yeah. All right. So we will start over. Yeah, let's start it. Off. Let's start it over. Let me see if I can just end it and then restart it. All right. We got Bobby back. back. Here comes Hank. I feel bad that I was eating this on camera, but I, I just, had to eat something if you got to you got to all good mm. <clears throat> i'm sitting over here drinking a glass of wine it's all good. i saw i saw that i was going to mention that earlier i'm really jealous <laughs> yeah i'm on vacation man so awesome where are you uh well well right now vacation. i'm at home yeah yeah i just got back from colorado though um i'm i'm in orlando is where i live but oh um, cool i just spent 10 days out out west went hiking and just had man, just unplugged. Good medicine. I, I, everything feels so much more manageable right now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you got to do that for yourself. Where were you in Colorado? Yeah. Uh, so we flew into Denver. We went to the the Wilderness. 
down by like Silverton, Durango kind of area. Yeah. We were in Telluride. Uh, oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't go to Telluride, but we were right there, you know, passed right by there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah it was good medicine. But um, All right, so you're telling the story. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing this marinade thing since 2017, 2016, 2017. Um, and we've got some, some fans who are like um, really dedicated folks who've been there almost from the beginning. And one of them is his name is Al or Alex Ansaldo, and he he, he was your student. Um, I, I recognize the name right away. <laughs> yeah, how is he doing? He's doing great. He's doing great. Um, he uh, you know he's been a fan of the show since almost the beginning, and oh, cool. I, I I tweeted last night about how I was excited to talk with y'all and, and how I was and encouraged folks to listen to the record. And he sent me a message, you know, we've become oh, kind of buddies. And oh, so he sent me a message and was like, Oh yeah, he, he was my teacher. What did he say? He, yeah. Said, he was a smart kid. His, his mom worked at the school too. She was like a counselor. Okay. I was a seventh grade English teacher. I was, I, you know, you mentioned teaching earlier. Yeah. I was going to say that, but I did it when I was 23 to 26, I was young. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he said, uh, he said, I still have the library bound copy of Rumblefish on my bookshelf in my house. <laughs> so you did something right. You did something right, man. Me. I know as a teacher, we need those it's reminders. <laughs> yeah, we do. Dude, uh, my kids, I'm trying, my, my daughter loved Outsiders and I'm trying to get her to read Rumblefish and she won't do it for some reason because I'm asking her to do it. That's why. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on funny. the do not read list. And then yeah. that, that way yeah. don't ever read this one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Ban it from your house, ban it from your house. <laughs> and it'll get read right away. Right away. Oh man, guys, this has been just a huge thrill. We usually end on um, the, the art that has you inspired at the moment. It could be, you know, a book that you've been reading. It could be music you've been listening to, a painting, a show, whatever, whatever's got you fired up art-wise right now. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Art-wise. Uh, yeah. Well. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. There was okay. some really, really cool art uh, in Telluride. So Hank and I, Hank and I, we actually bought tickets to go to Telluride Bluegrass Festival. I hope we will play there one day. Um, and we've played in and around Telluride before, but we just bought tickets to go in 2020 to the festival. And that's why we were there. We just, it was kind of a vacation, a, a dude's vacation. Yeah. And, um, but man, they had some really cool artwork out there. Yeah, there, there you go. What that's is the, it? That's the poster from Telluride. Oh. oh, cool, cool. Telluride Bluegrass Festival. Bobby and I were out there. We didn't actually finish that little conversation, but um mm. Man, I'll tell you, there's, haven't gone out there uh, before. It's been years, it's been 20 years since we've been out there, but um, uh, there were so many kind of new grass bands, I guess, if you will, or just new bands, you know, acoustic oriented um, bands that, that just kind of reminds you, you know, um, I don't know. It, it was, it was kind of like, it was kind of like, we're doing this and we could be doing this. We could be yeah. doing more of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it was an inspiration to see, mm. you know, see some, even some of the older, I mean, Sam Bush has not missed a lick. Mm. Um, Peter Rowan is, you know, just put out a new record and he's, he didn't miss a lick. I mean, he was, I mean, it was just like they were, yeah. you know, just, just up there for the first time almost, you know, just kind of mm. getting it done. So uh, I don't know. It, 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 it was inspiring to kind of be where we are, having played as long as we have and see these artists, see those older artists that are yeah. still, yeah. you know, still doing it, still, still touring around, you know. Yeah. Um, and so. Um, You're speaking you my know, language, man. The, well, the, and, and, yeah. and writing and, 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 and writing new songs, even at that age, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was, uh, there, there's my art and my inspiration. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, Can't wait to get this poster, poster, uh, frame. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah and I, and I would say just musically, I, I've been mentioning lately, it's old news to people who talk to me about this, but a band from Charleston called Susto. Oh, I love them. Justin As Osborne. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, they're the first 
he's the first artist songwriter that has kind of tilted my head a little bit mm-hmm. in a while, you know, as far as a, a relatively new young artist. And, um, you know, I think about bands like Sunvolt that to me kind of changed, you know, the way like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, maybe before that, you know, on some a band like Dave Matthews or or a band like, uh, you know, Jump Little Children or Connells or R.E.M., you know, just Susto in a way has that same kind of unique, very unique take. It doesn't, it doesn't sort of sound like anybody else. Got a really cool voice. So, so I'm kind of in, into that and, and it's been fun watching him. We finally got to know him a little bit this past year or two. Mm. I'd love to have him on the show. He, yeah, that, 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 a good one. Yeah, that those those records uh, have been on heavy rotation for years for for me. I I love that band. Um, we saw, saw him here at a tiny little venue in Orlando, probably like seven years ago. You know, something like that. And it yeah. was just. I think they were going on tour with the Lumineers right after that, or mm-hmm. some some huge band. You know. Yeah. But they played this little club. Uh, used to be called Back Booth here in Orlando, and man, uh-huh. it was just. I mean, so, hell of a show, incredible energy. And those songs are so good. And like you said, like, it's just, he's a, he's coming at it from a different angle. It's a different yeah. approach, yes, you know, those, a different approach. Yep. Bless you. yeah, thank you. Yeah. That, um, man, Peter, I, I got to interview Peter Rowan years ago. It was when I was first starting the marinade and I had no idea what I was doing. So the audio was just garbage, just hot garbage. And so I never got to release it, but yeah. I at least I got to spend an hour with Peter Rowan and that was yeah. incredible, like incredible to get to pick his brain. Yeah. Guys, this has been such a pleasure, such a thrill. Big Dreamers is an incredible record. I hope everybody goes out Thank and gets you. it. And I'm just, you know, again, I've been listening to you guys for over 20 years and I'm just, I'm really honored that you spent this time with us and in, in this energy. Anytime. And the, the feeling is mutual. Appreciate your interest in us and your good words. I mean, we just hadn't done stuff like this in a long time, you know, press and yeah. getting feedback and talking to people about our music and, 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 and anything under the sun. So we'll do it anytime you want. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate it guys. Well, have, have a great afternoon. Great evening. Hope, hope to see you soon. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never caught y'all live. So um, we, need to, we need to get down there. Maybe I'd love that. Yeah. Just hey, stay, stay in touch. Blue Dogs, y'all. Thank you so much, Bobby and Hank. Thank all of you for listening. BlueDogs.com for all things Blue Dogs. The song you are hearing in this episode is Love is Love is Love off of Big Dreamers. Check it out over at BlueDogs.com. MarinadePodcast.com for all things The Marinade, including written pieces, photography, our online store, and more. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. These are all free ways to support The Marinade. And if you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon exclusive content like our show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. I also post what I'm getting down on, which is an examination of the art that is inspiring me at the moment over there on Patreon. Sometimes we get together for Patreon happy hours, patreon.com slash marinade podcast if you're interested if you want to support the show financially but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription i totally get that you can venmo or paypal us it's just at the marinade and all the money goes right back into making the show and right now that means saving up to cover some festivals and other shows that we're really excited about 
Check out our new weekly title playlist called Marinade Musings, which you can find on our social media pages or by typing Marinade Musings into the title search. All right, y'all, one last piece of business. Um, I'm going to take a break from the marinade for just about a month and a half. Uh, We'll be right back at it at Americana Fest in September. I'm so excited for Americana Fest. Van Plating and I are going to be hanging out like we did last year, giving y'all updates as uh, as the the week goes on and getting to see some great shows and already lining up some really cool guests for uh, Americana Fest. But I got a lot going on right now, Um, starting a new job hopefully pretty soon, starting a graduate program pretty soon. Life is just coming at me really fast. So I'm just going to pump the brakes just for about a month and kind of make sure I've got everything in line, doing what I need to do, taking care of business. And then the marinade will reappear uh, later in September after we get back from Americana Fest. So a little bit of a break. But we'll be right back at it, and um, I think what you'll see is just better and better and better shows. I'm so grateful for every single one of you who listens to this thing, who supports this thing. We're coming up on five years of episodes, which means we're at like six years of doing this thing. <laughs> it's incredible, and I'm so grateful for all of you for being there for this ride, for for supporting this thing, for telling people about the show. Even though I'm taking a break from the marinade proper, I'm going to be creating content over on Patreon. So uh, one of the big things here is I just don't want to have to be committed to other people and taking other people's time if I don't know what my schedule is going to look like for August. And so that being said, the Patreon is just dependent on me. So we'll be doing more Jason's journeys, more what I'm getting down on, other things that might come up, see if I can get some friends here in the area um, to, uh, some creative, uh, folks here in the area to join me for some of those episodes of Jason's journey. So that we'll still have marinade and you can join the Patreon for two bucks. Um, and I'm opening everything up at least for the time being for at all content will be available, uh, at, for $2. So if you can swing more than that, we appreciate it. But if you're like, Hey, I want to get my marinade fix. Two bucks seems pretty reasonable. Um, we'll be over there for, for just the next month and a half or so. And then everything will be returning back to normal, hopefully bigger and better than ever uh, at the end of September. All right, y'all. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.